Discerning the Forms. I'm Nick. I'm Anthony. We have a special thing we're going going to do. It's a thing, Anthony. Like an intro. This is like an intro to the thing. An intro to the thing. Yeah. Intro to the thing. Not as long as the normal ones, but still. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty daring. I I think in this series, we'll tell you what it's going to be in a minute, but. You might even see on the um, title of the thing. When yeah, you, click you on probably it. saw it. Yeah, yeah, but that's true. <laughs> but explain it anyways. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So it's it's going to be in good. Um, <clears throat> what we're doing on the podcast is we're going to think about Jacques Ellul, uh, he, French thinker and theologian, philosopher. Um, philosopher. Yeah. You may have heard him, maybe you stumbled on this podcast because you know who he is and you're interested. Um, but we want to kind of read through each of the chapters and and we'll jump in during the in the podcast here and there and uh, continue to walk through that with you, what as well as we have other interviews through? and guests. What, okay, what, so what are we going to walk yes. through? Yes. Well, Anthony, why don't you show them? Yeah, so you have. Your, I have the audio book. It's called the Tech the Technological Society by Jacques Ellul. Um, this book was published, when was it published? 1965 or something like that? Let's yeah, see. it's amazing. It was 64. That. This book is yeah. published in 1964, and it's probably the most relevant today than even before, yes. even back then. It's so, yeah, so let's, amazing. Let, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about why it's so relevant. Why are we picking Jacques Ellul and um, that kind of thing? Well, Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not already aware, we're sort of like frogs in a slowly boiling pot <laughs> where, um, technology is kind of getting interesting. It's, uh, it's getting really uh, dark. You know, I mean, I think, yeah, I think it's always dystopian a little bit. Yeah. I think even more so now than, I mean, I think technology has always been, and this is going to be part of our conversation when we were yeah. reading through the book. Um, I, in recent years have come to really, I mean, I've always kind of had this kind of distaste for like social media. Like I'm on it. Like I have all the Facebook, I had a MySpace, Twitter, Instagram, like I've been on it. Um, but almost like the way that it operates, I've noticed in myself how much it has shaped my own understanding of how I express myself and how I see myself and the sort of ways that um that i operate in the world are deeply influenced by that so that's just like a i've become very very aware of the sinisterness of technology and how long how it's no longer a neutral reality like technology like whether it's a computer a a phone whatever it is it's no longer like a neutral thing that we just a neutral tool that we use for to better ourselves there's a certain narrative around technology especially in the modern era where you get this understanding of like the more we progress the better life will be the better our technology the better our equipment the more the the better the more progressive um the 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 less we will suffer essentially i think that's like a kind of boiled down narrative but um i've come to the so realization salvation. that like actually technology itself it's a malevolent thing now because of who the people who are kind of behind the sort of technological elites and the uh, whether it's like on social media platforms like Facebook where they in Twitter where they they block 
they shadow ban, they, they, they curb speech in any sort of, you know, COVID-19 is a perfect example of how big tech corporations basically took over narratives and people, that's all you were basically getting. If you search on Google, if you searched anything that was counter to the main narrative of like, what was the right treatment at the time, mass, like numbers, they would, they would actively suppress alternative, alternative information or even alternative narratives, whether or not those narratives were true. That's another discussion. I think, I think the availability of knowledge and discussion has been squandered in all these major platforms. And um, so I've come to view technology as, and not only like through the, the censorship of speech and information, but also through you know um like I, I i did a paper in in seminary a couple quarters ago on um christian ethics and technology and how the, how how christians should be interacting with it right and there is a facebook did this emotional manipulation study that they 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 tried out on people without them knowing or having any consent and basically like warped people's emotions and they showed that it worked through their timeline that they would actively see if they can manipulate people to be happy through like pushing certain things up on the timeline that would cause them happiness or whatever, or if they want to make, see if they can make them more upset, whatever it is, you can look up the study. They published it. It it, it made me such a, um, <laughs> it made me such an anti-technology guy more than I already was. So Jack yeah. said a little, I think would be a good guide in this yeah. world of, the sinisterness of technology. Yeah. Well, and you can see, I mean, uh, how now this has been interwoven into, you know, government surveillance and, you know, we saw this creeping in, especially during the Bush years and, um, you know, um, Mm -hmm. you know, Edward Snowden and whistleblowers and so forth. But now it's the place where, you know, no matter what your view is on this issue, um, I imagine there could be people tuning in, on different with different opinions, but the trucker convoys, I mean, you have to think about how mm-hmm. crazy that is that Canada could seize assets and yeah, money out of bank accounts. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even go after certain, um, non-custodial Bitcoin wallets and so forth. Mm-hmm. Right. I can't oh, yeah. remember if that's the right term. Yeah. And something like that. And so just cause you support the wrong protest, you know, so, what what's so serious about that whether you were for the trucker convoys or not is you could be next and so we live in a weird world where you know i i feel fine today in fact used to be left somewhat people on the left i remember getting uh what was it uh i think it's adbusters magazine or something like that that you know a whole issue which is a leftist socialist magazine and there's a whole issue on big pharma and so leftists right. used to be against big pharma, but we've been so, but now, you know, everything's changed. So like, you know, whatever you think now is mm-hmm. okay. Could be wrong in, you know, in the public's eye or the elite's eye or whatever, a few years from now. And so we're seeing this intermixing of, uh, technology, um, private companies in intermingling with governments and public, mm-hmm. this public private intermixing and, the World Economic Forum and stuff. So, you know, um, Jackie Salul kind of called it. Yeah. And we want to think through it. But I think, and here's, here's, what do you think? Um, one of the things I, I've learned about 
Alul is, I can't remember, someone I was listening to was saying that uh, he was asked in an interview about how, you know, how he could write on stuff and be so depressing or something like that. And mm-hmm. he said, well, if it wasn't for my Christianity, um, yeah, I would pretty much just commit suicide. Yeah. Because he was almost deterministic about how bad yeah. this was, would get, but his hope mm-hmm. was in in his in his faith and his theological writing. So, yeah, you know, um, we'll show you that the, his political writings first, his technology writings, and maybe we'll delve into uh, some yeah. of his Christian more political. Writings. I think he's yeah. he for me. I stumbled across a little less than a decade ago. It was when I was starting to venture mm-hmm. out from um, sort of libertarian perspectives and. I think Alil is a guy. The reason why I want to go through the book is because he's a guy that I trust. Um, and the stuff that I've read before, I think he is a really good vantage point, for, especially for dealing with the intermingling of like Christianity and politics. I think he is he's really um, on the money about it. I think he has the right. He's not overly influenced one way or another. I think he just kind of sees things for what they are in a way, and how. I mean, I, he certainly has a perspective on what christianity is and what what it means to embody a christian faith sure. i think even in the technological society you know his he the, the opening chapter he talks about how most um stuff that it, at least at the time in 1964 was written when it when stuff was written about technology it was more about a history of machines and he talks about it's actually this is going to be like a history of technique as like an orientation so yeah. it's like a little teaser for what it's so, like i like that vantage mm-hmm. of like Sure, we can talk about like why iPhones are bad, right, or why yeah. they are. But there's you know, an underlying it, story. Yeah, get, right. Not, a little the, harder. The yeah. thing in itself, like, might not be ultimately like evil per se, but the point is, is like, what is the overarching narrative of our culture about who we are as human beings? And technology has a lot to say about that. And so, I think his vent, his perspective is going to be really helpful for us and for those who decide they want to read along with, or even just listen to us talk about it. I think it's, it's a really important yeah. book. And especially the time that we're in now where Elon Musk is trying to buy Twitter because he sees a real huge issue in free speech. And, and I don't know if I even necessarily yeah. care to argue for like, Oh, we need total freedom of speech. Like that's not really why I care about this stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you feel the same way. I think it's mm-hmm. important, but I'm not like ideological about like free speech is literally everything. Like, yeah, what does he he call himself an ab, free speech ab, absolutist? I mean, I think it's important for the free flow of information and science and yeah, ideas and politics. But you know, there it is kind of interesting. We have to cancel something, you know. And I think that's something in everybody's worldview. You end up having to cancel something, mm-hmm. um, you know, not just in your own life, but just culturally, society. You know, we can't have kitty porn on twitter and stuff like that no so something's got to be canceled <laughs> right we have uh, so to, we have to get more with. specific yeah um but you know it goes back to look how it's completely engulfed our lives to where s- there's a political battle over twitter of all yes. things and yeah and so i think that <clears throat> it's kind of a wake-up call i think for some of us uh who've just mm-hmm. you know i guess i speak for myself who you know, I've never, I've always seen technology as a, as a tool. It's an instrument that kind of 
um, you know, I'm in control of. But um, I think Elul challenged us a little bit about talking about how it shapes us and what we think is potential and, mm-hmm. and so forth. Well, there's another uh, book I'll recommend to people. It's called uh, Nihilism and Technology. Uh, I forget the author's name. Let me just look it up real quick. This is a book I really, um, Nolan Gertz, uh, who um, I used, I was really keen on in the, the paper that I wrote. He was one of the main uh, sort of resources that I used because he comes from like more of a Nietzschean perspective on understanding like why technology is so sinister uh, in terms of he goes through, he kind of used some Nietzschean interpretations, whether it's like about the self and how to even have an appearance online, you sort of are like, if you want to get any sort of recognition, you sort of have to copy somebody else or like kind of like, so there's a way, there's a way in which like you're, it, it's almost impossible. We're, we're mimetic. Yeah. yeah we, like we copy. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we, it's, it's almost impossible to have an authentic online. Us podcasters are all trying to be Joe Rogan or something. You know? Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, we're, we started a podcast, you know, cause there's like a, there's a billion podcasts out there. Like, right. Like it's not like, uh, this is anything original that we're doing or the, even the things that we're talking about. It may just be like the way in which we're bringing stuff together that may be unique to us, right. As people. But in terms of right. like having a presence online, you almost have to jettison genuine authenticity at some points, which he just talks about the dangers of that and the slippery slope of like losing yourself to like and how nihilism creeps in. And it's a really good book. I, it's it's a book that I, I would recommend to anybody who wants to deal with some of the issues of the technology, along with Jagis Alil. Oh, I think Alil is a Christian. So that's a better vantage starting point. Not that Gertz. Yeah. Is it necessarily? I'm not entirely mm-hmm. sure, but yeah, um, that's what I think is so important too about Elul is the fact that you know our <clears throat> we've been we're doing these interviews with Roy Clouser. He's talking about the you know how we can have a Christian philosophy mm-hmm. and how you know really nothing's neutral and how um, we all come at this with the metaphysics and yeah. um, yep. I think. You know, I think that's important with Elul. And, um, you know, I uh, important. I think a foil for Elul would be someone like Ted Zizinski, right? Mm-hmm. The Unabomber. Yeah. <laughs> and, sure. and in fact, there's some evidence that he was influenced by Elul. And um, I think even maybe attempted to write to him or something. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Interesting. But, you know, disclose that so that Alul wouldn't get in trouble. Um, right. But, you know, Zelensky, who was a genius, probably definitely um, messed with... You mean, uh, with, not Zelensky. Not, not, I, yeah, I meant to, yeah, Ted Zelensky. Not that he isn't. Not Alul. <laughs> per se? Uh, not Alul, but Kaczynski. Yeah, Kaczynski. Kaczynski yeah. Wa- was... Um, I don't know. I don't. I total, I don't know a ton about him, but I know that. Yeah. And you brought this up I, before we started the podcast about <laughs> he was psyoptith, well, ultra and stuff. There, there's he. He. I mean, there's, he has was a part of it. CIA yeah. operations. Yeah. I mean, it's not when he like, was in Harvard. Yeah. Right. So uh, it's like, it, so you have to sort of take his work in a way with a grain of salt, just because yeah. you don't know, like where he's particularly coming from on every issue and like he could be as a tool and so we can i mean that's like yeah 
it's a deeper rabbit hole that we don't need yeah. to get into. But the uh, angle I've heard keep in front of, of the mind. I should find I should find the scholar. I I listened to the scholar give a take, and maybe I'll link it in the show notes mm-hmm. to the podcast. But uh, uh, he's in he's a uh, Kaczynski scholar, and mm-hmm. he 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 believes that what he's his exposure to MK Ultra and stuff, which kind of made him crazy, mm-hmm. um, also made him vindictive and mm. was part of, you know, um, the seemingly random bombings, which also maybe had targets, you know, mixed yeah. in there. And right. well, anyways, the, the, um, the idea was, and the biggest thing is he was, a materialist and a Darwinist, mm-hmm. and he he took one half of or one side of Elul, his critique of technology and propaganda, yeah. and, stuff, and but his metaphysics were all metaphysics bad, were right? bad, which made him the Unabomber. <laughs> so, yes. Essentially, yeah. so uh, I think there's there's an importance to whatever we face in the future uh, to take uh, Elul seriously in. Mm-hmm. His the metaphysical side as he's critiquing the technological side because yeah. it gets dark and the only you know and I, there's a I I think we'll see maybe as we go through there there's a there's a sense of where he's uh, plays around with like real presence and mm-hmm. um, the divinity and how technology replaces that um, and yes. I and I think that. Um, so for him, the the only escape is to go back to, or to the only escape from that is to go back to real presence and right. to be grounded in nature. Because I think that's the whole project of people that want to push forward this technology. Even Kaczynski's want... like that. Yeah. yeah. Even Kaczynski yeah. talks about that, right? He's a huge yeah. nature guy. Nature. He like lived in a eco terrorist. Yeah. yeah, like he's an eco terrorist, right? So. Mm-hmm eco-fascist even i think i think eco-fascist might be a better yeah actually term for him but yeah i so i got my book here um the it technological slavery and i of uh, yeah it's just on the shelf i i, I don't his, know enough about him or know about his yeah, i just I have another things, one of his you know. i just got it recently and it's like yeah. it feels funny on my bookshelf i'm like yeah it's like having early, like comforter. late 90s right like early if people people live through the unit like the the you know the master bombing yeah. uh they would see it and be like why on earth do you have that on your bookshelf and it's like yeah. well no let me explain I, i'm not, I'm not like gonna a, i'm not gonna I package bomb me i promise bombing people <laughs> i'm not an eco fascist i'm not like yeah. i don't know if, i don't know if there's ever going back like to to the to the point of a little it's like i don't know how far we can actually get back to the yeah, not technological. I think we're so intertwined now that it's mm-hmm. like it's hard to see a way out unless you have like a real serious radical breaking, which also means breaking from like community at a lot of levels, right? For mm-hmm. us, so it's it's it it's, it would take a lot to get back there, mm-hmm. but you know we'll see what the future brings, I suppose. Yeah, and all that, and it, yeah, there's a lot of people on all sides of this. Like, can we harness? Mm-hmm or bring dial this back or decentralize or, you know, yeah. or exit and rebuild or, you know, hear all this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the strategy is, is going to be something we'll be thinking about a lot, which is, I think why people are suddenly into a little 
and um, really thinking yeah. about it is a critique of technocracy. Um, but yeah, I think from from a Christian standpoint, we have to have we have to take this seriously because it is shaping us. It's shaping the church too. I mean, oh yeah, it'd be interesting to just have a conversation and think about like how is uh you know tech as it's um been interwoven into church life live streaming and everything else yeah um and again not going back to Lou, it's not that we're saying it's all bad as a device but how how is it how is the technique what mm-hmm. is what is the way we're participating and so i think even at the pastoral level that's a really yeah a strange thing to think about it adds another layer of <laughs> i mean of ministry it, trouble but <laughs> well think about like the the sheer prevalence of the smartphone yeah like it just it's just automatic for us now right the lit the litur- the liturgy of the smartphone for me i'm like as ingrained as anybody like i have an iphone like i like using it i like mm-hmm. watching youtube and going on twitter mm-hmm. and like posting memes like i like that stuff but it's also like uh I see it as a, a real problem for me at some levels. And I've tried to like scale back and try to be intentional about like what I do during the day and not to always be on the phone, but it's, but it's like, you feel it. Like if you forget your phone somewhere, you feel like the, the pull of it. Like it's not yeah, it's like yeah. a physical piece of me. So, is gone. Like, so now you're being shaped not only intentionally, but like you're unintentionally being shaped through the use of technology, right? Through the use of, going on the computer, going on the internet, then you have all where you first go. And like, these are things that are not just as if we, to bring like James K. Smith and sort of that understanding of the liturgical human being, like it's, it's not only us um, using and having rituals in that way, but also the thing that we're using that we're uh, ritualizing is also doing something to us, right? The narratives, the, all that kind of stuff, the metaphysics of technology, right? Like it, it seeps into our being and, um, so, but this is more stuff we can get into. This is just a 20, 30 minute little intro podcast, but just a lot, a lot yeah. of questions are going to spring from this. And I think we're going to have a bunch of episodes, not only from yeah. reading it, but also like engaging, mm-hmm. like you said, like the pastoral issues around this, the, how the church has been shaped and how the dangers of it for the church, you know, if we, to get away from real presence to like online presence, right? Like mm-hmm. there's a, there's a real danger there for the church, especially a church that whether it's like American evangelicalism, Baptist, like they, they don't have any sacramental imagination. So like, yeah, for them, maybe mystery of 5G, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I think, yeah. And, and I, so I think it's going to be, um, something that is, it's just one of those things that's important to face and discuss in our time to really think about, reflect on. And I have some other, uh, friends who might want to join us um maybe for even from different perspectives so it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to to do that so um yeah definitely uh this is this is sort of like the okay now go buy the book we'll, we'll wait a second till amazon ships it and you get the two-day yep. shipping get two days and, and for next week we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll maybe we'll record the first episode of chapter one yeah. or something which is like 60 pages it's a yeah it's hefty, but but worth reading. <laughs> I'm still driving around in my car, and like then I look at him, like it's got to be the chapter's got to be over. Oh, it? you audiobook? <laughs> Did you do an audiobook? Yeah, I audiobooked it. Yes. Is it uh, in French? No. <laughs> it is, I can't audio. I, 
I wouldn't know what I what what it's saying. So yeah, no. <laughs> no. Uh, cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, and stay tuned as we dive into Jackie Salul and you know go purchase book. Um, or just join us. You don't have to purchase a book. You yeah, just listen to I mean, it. Maybe maybe you'll be interested along the line. Or... Maybe after like a first discussion, maybe it'll get you the, the wheels turning and then you'll want to yeah. read it. And I mean, they have a mass paper. I think it was like 15 bucks or something. I mean, it's, you know, 15 bucks, you can say that's a lot. But the it's like, how many pages? Like nearly five, 450, 500 pages. So, I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's a hefty book for 15 yeah. bucks. Yeah, it is. And not to mention the important ideas that are being right engage with it's a it. it's a kind of exciting book you like you get it into is. it right away so it, mm-hmm. it won't be hard to read i think no. um yeah you know the other thing too if you are already interested in this stuff or whatever you know hey leave a comment interact with it you know tell us what you think or if you think that maybe there's another unique take or something that that we're missing um we would love to hear from you either mm-hmm. email or comments through the various platforms but yeah Yeah. um definitely uh pick it up and start reading and tell us what you think sounds good to me all right thanks for joining us on discerning the forums see you next time